Christian Parenting. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, author Sarah Humphrey and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now, let's join our hosts, Sarah and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Mike Naraki. And I'm Sarah Humphrey. Today, we're getting an update with Mike on his Dead Sea Squirrels books and animation series. But before we do that, as always, we like to start every Bible for Kids podcast with a Bible verse. Mike? Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, or Capernaum, I guess you can also say, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And that's from Matthew 4, 13 through 17. That's a great, that's a great section of the Bible. I love that. And a mouthful. And a mouthful. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I remember how to say Nephthali. Our, maybe it's different in English. Our the, the pastor who married my wife and I, my wife is native Spanish speaking. His name was uh, Nephthali. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's talk about Mike this morning. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for three decades. Mike has written and directed most of the extremely popular Silly Songs with Larry segments, including his fan favorites, His Cheeseburger, and The Hairbrush Song. He has also lent his screenwriting and directing talents to dozens of Veggie Tales episodes, such as Madame Blueberry and Esther, as well as both of the property's theatrical release films, Jonah, and The Pirates Who Won't Do Anything. His don't most- do anything. They, oh. they they just don't. I mean, they- <laughs> <laughs> recent project, a 12-book early reader series titled The Dead Sea Squirrels, is currently in production as an animated series slated for release in 2024. Mike also serves as an assistant professor of film and animation at Lipscomb University and co-host this weekly podcast, The Bible for Kids. Well, welcome, Mike. <laughs> Sarah, so a long time no see. So good to talk with you. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird when we read all these bios. It's like, oh yeah, that's my bio. Oh, maybe I should shorten this part. Oh, yeah, and do this here and do this there. Oh, great. So. And I mean, as a kid, I remember watching probably all of these. Yeah. So I'm thinking back through like this is so much history for me, even too. And it's fun because my kids are reading Dead Sea Scrolls. That so is so it's cool. like you've been around for most of my life. I mean, I've been around. I've been around a while. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, you know, 1993 is when you know we came out with our first VeggieTales episode, "Where's God When I'm Scared," and here we are, 30 years later in 2023, finishing up the Squirrels. You know, I just I just finished the 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 the, the book 12 of the Squirrel series, which sort of rounds out you know this storyline of Squirrels, and then you know we're finishing up the animated series. So, yeah, it's 30 30 years. It's been quite a ride. I bet. Well, I know our audience wants to know more about how you became an animated cucumber and now almost an animated squirrel. 
<laughs> yeah. But maybe you can tell our listeners who don't know a lot about this early Veggie Tales and all of these things previous. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background. How you grew yeah. up. How you ended up in animation and filmmaking. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, so I had no idea, you might be surprised, growing up that I would grow up to be an animated cucumber <laughs> so and squirrel. Oh, no. But yeah, it just wasn't, you know, something that I had aspired to. I grew up in a military family. My dad uh, was in the Air Force. And so we moved all around the country and the world. Grew up in the Catholic Church. So like with a Polish name, like Nowrotsky, you know, good Polish Catholic growing up, you know, went to all the Catholic schools and, you know, did all that stuff. I my and it was mostly, um, you know, for, for me, it was just that was it was cultural, you know, that's kind of how I grew up. My dad, you know, was was very military man, very stringent. And uh, at one point he got stationed from Denver to Washington, D.C. He got uh, moved over to the Pentagon. We couldn't sell our house in Denver at the time. And so he, he moved in with his um, his commanding officer. And uh, who was a believer. And my dad, uh, through the the course of that relationship, ended up accepting Christ as his personal savior. And when we reunited, we had a brand new dad. And we were like, who is this man? We like him better. And uh, through that course, we all just sort of came to the Lord and started attending another uh, local church where we were through the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Yeah, so I, I really started getting involved in church and I loved, they had a, you know, a little bit of an arts program. So I loved getting involved in plays and, you know, started helping out in kids ministry and that sort of thing. And I, and I loved it just kind of as a hobby. I never knew I was going to eventually do that. My, you know, my dad was an engineer. My mom was a nurse. My older brother was, you know, a chemistry major and a scientist, you know, kind of that's, that was his mindset. And so I went forward at a youth convention when I was in 11th grade and dedicated my vocation to ministry. Um, yeah. uh, I didn't know what that would look like, but I just felt like that call from God. So I looked at the models in my life and I thought, okay, well, dad's an engineer, mom's a nurse. I could really help people by becoming a doctor, you know? And so, so I, that was my first thought with going to, you know, just in terms of my career. And so um, I went to, because I was in, uh, a member of the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church, they had a number of colleges, about four different colleges over the country. And the closest one to us was in Minnesota, because I was in Colorado at this, back back in Colorado at this time, my dad was at the Pentagon for a couple of years. And then we uh, moved back to Colorado where I went to high school. My plan was to go to this college for two years and then transfer to, or a year or two, and then transfer to a place with a pre-med program because they didn't have a pre-med program. Well, at this place, I met Phil Vischer. Uh, we both were in a puppet ministry together. And, you know, I had, you know, been doing that as fun and as a hobby and as, you know, in, in you know, children's church. I was a huge Jim Henson fan and loved the Muppets. And, you know, Phil and I hit it off right away. We had a very similar sense of humor. And so we would, you know, just, you know, perform and, and write our own stuff. We like to say we traveled the Minnesota countryside scaring the Baptists with our puppets. <laughs> and so it was just really off the wall. You know, we're, you know, Jim Henson fans, but also Monty Python and Mel Brooks. I mean, all these influences, you know, kind of showed up, uh, you know, on, on our hands, you know, with puppets. It was great. So we got to be really good friends. And um, he had a similar plans than I did. So he wanted to go, he wanted to be a filmmaker they didn't have a film program there. So we thought, okay, well, let's go. We'll go to California and we'll be roommates there. I'll do pre-med. You can do film school and, you know, it'll be awesome. 
So after a year and a half, we left the Bible college. I went back to Denver where I was from and he went back to Chicago, you know, where he had grown up and, you know, for a semester. Well, during that semester, he landed an internship and by the end of the semester, they offered him a job. And so suddenly, you know, my plans to move out to California were dashed. And so I thought, well, I can just move to Chicago. There's many places, there's just as many places to do pre-med out there. So I moved out and then um, started establishing residency in Illinois. I went to the University of Illinois in Chicago, which is a state school. So I worked for a year to get residency and independence there. And during that year, I, I, I worked a number of odd jobs, but then an opening came available at the video post house where Phil was working as a graveyard shift VHS tape duplicator. And, oh um, and that was the job for me. So, <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> so I, I, took, I took that job and I would clock in at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. and clock out at 7 a.m. just duplicating videotapes. But if, if y'all, if you remember the days of videotapes, you know, some, some of them were pretty long and, and yeah. one of them that the, the, the ones that I would, uh, I, I, through a long stretch, I was dubbing these financial self-help videos that were two hours long. And so I'd hit play and it record. And then I would just have two hours until I'd have the next batch. And so, you know, I got to, you know, play around with the equipment, learn the equipment. And pretty soon, you know, I was learning more post-production and, you know, all of that. And Phil was working there. And pretty soon we started to do these short films um, that we kind of, you know, similar to what we did with puppets, but now we were filming things and doing, you know, short live action things and having fun. And eventually we started talking about, okay, you know, what if we, what if we created our own show? You know, that would be so much fun to, to create our own show. And I thought, oh yeah, it'd be fun. You know, just as long as it doesn't interfere with my school and my eventual plans. And I was enrolled in school and I was starting my classes and, you know, just not just easy classes and, either. Those are hard. No, classes. no, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't easy classes. They were, you know, organic chemistry and yeah. physics and the whole thing that you do. And yeah, you know, you know about that, right? <laughs> yeah. You've, yeah, you've, I do. you've done that. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so I was kind of doing both of those at the same time. And uh, along this time, computer animation was starting to emerge and Phil really got into computer animation. And at the time they were just sort of used, computers were just sort of used to fly logos around. But John um, Lasseter of Pixar was starting to do some really interesting work with character animation, just taking computer animation and making it squishy. This is long before Toy Story, which was Pixar's first animated film. But uh we saw this and like, wow, this is amazing. If we had if we had simple characters, we might be able to do a show with these simple characters. And with that, maybe I'll take a break and then we can come back and uh, to be continued. So uh, I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. kids crave connection with us and with God, and one of the strongest ways we can show love to our kids is through words of encouragement. That's why Christian Parenting created Noteworthy Prayers. These 50 customizable notes were designed to help you remind your kids that you love them, are thinking about them, and are always praying for them. Each card has an uplifting message, a Bible verse, a prayer, and a space for you to write your own note to your child. Simply tear off a page and place it in or on their backpack, lunchbox, bathroom mirror, or card dashboard, wherever they will find it. Get creative. Remember, your kids are never too young or too old to hear how much you adore them. For more information and to get your cards, head over to cpgive.org. That's cpgive.org. When culture is constantly pulling teens away from Christian values, Let the parent guide to finding true identity spark an ongoing conversation about finding your true identity in Christ. 
From Axis, the leaders on cultivating healthy and biblically grounded conversations with teens, come five parenting guides on the topics of teen identity, LGBTQ+, body positivity, eating disorders, and fear and worry. Grab your guides today or any of the parent guides to social media and start an open, ongoing conversation with your child that will impact their tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Today, we are speaking with our co-host, Mike, a little bit about his story and how VeggieTales and Dead Sea Squirrels came to be. So, Mike, you left us off with a little bit of a cliffhanger. I feel like you guys were just about to create something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so inspired, inspired by... You know, John Lasseter, who, you know, obviously was one of the the principals at Pixar and, you know, everybody knows about that. And so, but Pixar's early films, you know, used, you know, very simple characters to just tell stories. And we thought, man, if we could do that, that would be great. I mean, just realizing, you know, having grown up in the church and had the, having those values and looking at what was available for kids at the time, there really wasn't anything that was truly entertaining that also had a biblical worldview that there's a God who made us, who loves us, who wants a relationship with us. And if we could, if we could access this art form, this new art form and technology to tell stories, you know, we might have something. And so, so we started working on a promo for VeggieTales and Phil actually, it, before it became, you know, even named, he made a candy bar character <laughs> and slapped eyes and a, a mouth on it and started playing with it. And his wife, Phil, Phil was married by this time. And his wife, Lisa, who would later go on to become the voice of Junior Asparagus, oh, walked by and uh, he said, she said, Phil, I don't think moms are going to appreciate candy bars teaching their kids oh. good values you know it just didn't seem healthy and so so phil's <laughs> next thought was well what about vegetables they're healthy and so so yeah so he slapped the eyes and nose and mouth on on, on a cucumber no name yet just mr cuke yeah so we were you know kind of you know playing around with that idea then you know again this is you know years go by and i'm in school and um we did a little video a little promo video called take 38 where you know, by this time, Bob and Larry had a name, Uh, you know, Larry was first. And then Bob came along as a kind of a complimentary character, you know, Larry tall and green, Bob short and round, you know, and Phil and I, you know, was like, well, you know, we're friends, we're kind of funny, let's do their voices. I mean, we've done it with puppetry. And so we kind of used our own personalities and injected them into the characters, you know, because, you know, just just how they would relate was kind of how we, we related as friends sort of, you know, in the extreme. Yeah, so we developed this promo and, you know, Phil took it out to start to raise money. And um, meantime, you know, we're both working in post. I'm finishing school. I graduate. This is around 1991-ish. I apply with the Peace Corps because, you know, I've, I'm a biology major. And for med school, it would be great now for me to go over, serve in the Peace Corps for a couple of years, come back and go to medical school. So that was my, my plan. So what happens is <laughs> the same month, I get an acceptance letter from the Peace Corps saying, congratulations, you know, you're ready to go to West Africa, we're going to send you off, you're going to learn French. And then, you know, you're going to, you know, teach biology in Africa for two years. The same month I got that acceptance letter, we got funding for, you know, our very first episode of VeggieTales. And so it, it was a very stark point in my life where I realized, okay, the decision that I make right now is going to really affect the rest of my life. God, what do you want me to do? Um, you know, I've spent all my time uh, and energy, you know, or much of it, you know, following this path where I th- 
I thought you wanted me to go, but here's this other opportunity and gifts that you've given me that it seems like this is where what you have for me. And so I prayed about it and I asked the people in my life who knew me best about, you know, what I should do and, you know, came to the conclusion that, you know, this is what God has for me. And so I turned down the Peace Corps offer and, you know, we got to work on our very first show of which would become Where's God When I'm Scared? And that released in 1993. Yeah. So that's sort of that, that origin story. And so I just, you know, worked, you know, in just becoming more familiar with storytelling and filmmaking over the years, 1993, up through, you know, the history of Big Idea, a, a lot of folks know is is pretty tumultuous. Uh, it was a it was a wonderful project, great place to work for for many, many years. We went through a lot of different ups and downs, including a bankruptcy, you know, in the early 2000s. And I moved to Nashville after the bankruptcy when the, the company reemerged and remained in a remained an employee of the company. And uh, just created VeggieTales all the way up until 2016, when I left, uh, we had been purchased by, we had been acquired by DreamWorks Animation. And then when DreamWorks was acquired by Universal Studios, they shut down home video, which is what I had worked on all that time, all the DVDs, because by 2016, nobody, nobody was buying home video anymore, or very few people. Right. Um, yeah, not, not enough to, to, you know, to support the business model that we had. And so, yeah, so I suddenly, you know, was was like, okay, what God, what do you have next for me? That's where Squirrels comes in. Because... Well, that's perfect. That's my next question. Yes, so <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I'll let you ask it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, we want to know next, how did the Dead Sea Squirrels get started after Veggie Tales and History, which I think this is really good for our audience to hear too, because, you know, sometimes it seems like, oh, Veggie Tales, everybody knows what that is, you know, in some yeah. capacity. But all the work that went into that, and even that it wasn't your primary point for most of the time, you know, at the right. beginning, it wasn't even your primary point of like, this is what I'm doing. Like, it was a side thing. Right. But then you just kept learning and growing. And then you realized as God, you know, kept moving it forward, that this was what you were actually called to. And sometimes that's really important for us to hear because we make all these plans in our own lives. And we think, oh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, yeah. there's this little side thing that sometimes ends up becoming our real purpose. So it's like we never know what God will reveal to us if we Absolutely. just doing, you know, what he's asked. So yeah. for all the moms and creatives and, you know, listeners out there, I think it's important to hear and that it was a long period of time, too. It wasn't like, oh, we created VeggieTales and then boom, it exploded right. and it became right. this big thing. It was, you know, this was years and years of ideas and work and then change. And then even after it became what it was, still more years of figuring things out, wins, losses, you know, yes. creativities, doing something this good for children and for families. I mean, obviously there's going to be some setbacks and struggles and wars to fight while you're also trying to do something good for the world too. So I think um, it's wonderful that our listeners get to hear all your background into, you know, VeggieTales, but then also into Dead Sea Squirrels. So this is your second run of creating your own series. So tell us a little bit about how it transitioned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, to your point, Proverbs 16, 9, you know, we make our plans, but the Lord yes. determines our steps. And I think we can rest in that knowing that, yeah, we're, you're, you're planning, we're heading in, a, we're heading in a direction, but we always need to be open to how God can use us in ways that we never expected. You know, I, a lot of times when I tell my story, I tell it alongside, you know, what I learned when I was researching Esther, that idea of, you know, perhaps God has 
put you here for such a time as this in something that you're not expecting, you know, he'll, he'll use you for. Um, so with, with squirrels, it, it had been an idea that was bouncing around in my head for years because with veggie tails, one of the limitations that we had, you know, beyond not having limbs (laughs) is, um, uh, we we decided very early on that we never wanted to 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 depict Jesus as a vegetable because we just felt like that would be going too far. We were very irreverent with a lot of what we did with vegetables, but we, with veggie tails. But One we, just, thing. we we didn't want to do that. <laughs> you know what what vegetable would he be even? You know, it's like then it wouldn't be yeah. fair to the rest of the vegetables. And this was with the help of Scotty May, who um you know Phil's mom you know has her doctorate in Christian education, and that was one of her you know very sage pieces of advice to us is like you know, just, you know, don't do this. This is a, you know, this is an ensemble group of vegetables retelling Bible stories, like they're giving a Sunday school, you know, lesson, you know, in a play, you know, that's sort of, you know, how, how to imagine this. And so we're not going to do this with, you know, depicting Jesus as a vegetable, which was very wise, but, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, to do a show that could tell more new Testament stories and, and tell, you know, teach kids about, about the life of Christ, about the kingdom of God that he brought, to earth and was, was, was part of ushering in, you know, so I had this idea like, well, okay, if we have these two first century characters that could maybe, you know, be transported to the modern day, you know, what would, what would that look like? And obviously there's that, the bad pun of the Dead Sea Scrolls slash squirrels. It started with that. So it, you know, it all started with that bad pun, but, but, you know, the, 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 at the heart of that was wanting to tell more stories about Jesus in the new Testament and the early church and that all of that. So when I left Big Idea, I started to develop that idea. I went to uh, Dan, our lovely producer here, who is a friend, and was telling him about it. And and he, having spent his career in publishing and, you know, kind of, you know, knowing that whole world, asked the question, have you ever considered this as an early reader series? And I hadn't. My whole mind was pointed toward animation. He said, well, you know, give it a give it a thought and um, see what you see what you could come up with. And so I went away and did some research and it might be another good time to take a break. What do you think? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Another cliffhanger. All right. So we'll do that. We'll take a break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids. Jesus loves you, makes you strong. In him, you're brave and you belong. From New York Times bestselling author Ann Voskamp comes your brave song a lyrical picture book inspiring children to see that love can make them brave. The song sung over Una Rain is simple to remember, making it easy for children and parents to memorize and return to its truth. Children will learn along with Una that bravery is contagious and world-changing. Grab your copy today wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Today, we're speaking with our co-host, co-host Mike, about the Dead Sea Squirrel series. So, Mike, you were just kind of leading into what it looks like to write a book series and a little bit about Dan, our agent in the background, and yes. how you guys talked a little bit and kind of made a little, not a switch, but I guess expanded your career from filmmaker and screenwriter to author. So, could yeah. you tell us a little bit about the process of writing yeah, yeah. And so obviously I'd done a lot of screenwriting over the the past 20 or so years with VeggieTales. 
But the idea of writing, you know, a book series was a bit daunting to me. I just didn't, you know, that wasn't kind of how I was trained as a writer or how I was practiced as, as a writer. I'd done a couple of little things with VeggieTales over the years, but not, you know, unfolding large stories. So, you know, I, in a, in like in a series. And so I um, went away, did some research and kind of came up with a format that, you know, I thought would be really attractive to kids, kind of lined out the first six books. Um, you know, that would be approximately 20 chapters a piece and maybe, you know, in the range of seven to 9,000 words per book and sort of roughly kind of lined that out. And then he said, hey, I've got my, a friend of mine, uh, Linda Howard is in town. She's over at Tyndale. Would love to introduce you guys. So, you know, would you like to have lunch? And I said, sure. And so I show up at this lunch and, you know, one of Dan's first questions or first prompts was like, Mike, tell Linda about your squirrel series. And, and, you know, I was so a little dumbfounded because I had, it was like being an, it was an ambush pitch. It's right. like, I did not prepare anything for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I told, I, you know, told Linda, about what I've been working on and she loved the idea. And um, what came out of that was a, a six book deal for squirrels. And so she paired me up with an editor and, you know, we looked for illustrators. I, I had a couple of ideas and they had some ideas and, you know, based off the, the feel we actually landed on, you know, Luke who became our, our illustrator, it came kind of, kind of came from their side and just absolutely love that. And so I started, I started in on writing the books and, um, you know, the very first book squirreled away. And it was neat for me because screenwriting and, and writing to be read are very different. Screenwriting is a step along the way to making the film and so much changes and it's much more action and dialogue driven. You, you know, you write what you can see or hear. You don't write what the characters are thinking or what the narrator is, you know, commenting on. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it's a switch, you know, you're you're communicating similar things and similar ideas, but the way to communicate that is 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 different just because, you know, of the mediums. And so adjusting to that, but it was fun because, you know, I can, you know, having, you know, not been able to write about what a character was thinking. Oh, I can write about what they're thinking now. I don't have to just communicate that visually or me as the narrator, I can now say something about this. You know, the process was really fun for me. You know, I got through the the first six books and they were going really well. And then that turned into a 12 book, 12 book deal. And I was basically, you know, able to write a, a big story arc over, you know, from finding the squirrels to I'm not going to give any spoilers here because there's probably people who want to you know read read them or in the middle of reading them to kind of how that story culminates in in book 12. Yeah, and so just you know wrote those over this you know over a series of a few years and actually just finished book 12 this last year early early in the year this last year and then that's actually it's it's all edited now it's all it's all illustrated and um it's set to release in early January of 20 2024. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been a really, really fun process doing that. I bet. And I love how the story, it builds just a little bit on the, on the last book because my kids and I are reading them too. And so when you read one book, it's like, it gives you just enough nuggets to like yes. hang on to before you get to the next book. And then it's like yeah. just enough, you know, like storyline. Yeah. Which is really good because sometimes, you know, you have a mystery in just one book. And so yeah. it's like they wrap up the whole storyline. But I love the fact that like you read one book and then you're waiting to find out kind of like what they say, binge watching, you know, like on Netflix. Right, right. Yeah. Like, but same with the books. And so it gives the kids 
something to like hang on to as far as, oh, another book's going to come and we're going to find out what Merle and Pearl are up to and what, you know, yes. what they're on or what stage of the adventure they're on in this, you know. Uh, yeah. And, and, but, and it's a really fun format because, you know, there's a, each of the books, you know, has, has a theme. And so you, you can tell the story, uh, the story that in, in, incorporates that theme in a way that feels satisfying. It's like, okay, this theme kind of has come around and telling the truth or listening to your parents yeah. or, you know, those are demonstrated, you know, in action in the theme. But then, you know, there's that overarching story that kind of keeps you, you know, keeps that dramatic question in mind of, okay, what happens next? What happens next? And, you know, when that's finally answered in, in book 12, which will be fun, but then leaving room for more perhaps, you know, in, in the world of the squirrels. Yes. And helpful for parents because that little theme is on the back. I think it's on the back of the book. Yes. Um, so, and every book of, I noticed from just reading, we're reading through the first six, every yeah. book is a different color too. Yes. So yep. it's like easy to kind of navigate too, even if the kids are reading it and maybe the parents aren't, the kids yes. can still, or the parents can still ask their kids questions or, you know, have yes. a general idea of what's happening in the book, which right. I think is wonderful. So, that's awesome. well, that's great. That tells us a little bit about the storyline and, and how many books there are. Now, are there any more books coming? In addition, you said you finished the 12th one. Right. So is there anything coming after that? Are you allowed to say? Or yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I'm working on right now actually is a devotional based off the first six books. So that's, that's really fun. It's a 90 day devotional. We're sort of taking the, you know, the, the, the major themes and breaking those down in, in a really fun way for, for kids, for a devotional. So that's what I'm working on currently, which has been a lot of fun. And then also an additional six books, you know, to kind of continue the story of Merle and Pearl kind of, you know, restart a, a storyline. The way we leave it at book 12 is fun because we finish that adventure, but there's some, there's some threads hanging that we can go okay. further. So, so yeah, so I've, I've got some ideas. I still haven't uh, dove in fully on that, but um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun, I think it'll be a fun next set of stories. Well, great. That sounds great. And I love that then they have the practical application part with the devotional because they can watch the storyline unfold and learn about some of the different stories in the Bible through the books. But then that gives them that devotional gives them some real practical applications to, you know, do they have any fun crafts in them? Like, are they going to make any squirrels out of toothpicks or you know all that is you know it's all being formed right now that might be fun I mean people might end up with little squirrels all over their house (laughs) that's right you never know well tell us a little bit about the animated series that's based on the books how did that officially get started so you met with Dan you pitched your books you started writing them kids are loving them and so how did you get to that next step of deciding yes let's do the animation okay so God works in mysterious ways all over the, you know, all along the way here. So writing the books, I, I, I began that process uh, right around that same time. A good friend of mine, Steve Taylor, who your older listeners may, you know, recount from, you know, early days, I want to be a clone. Uh, you know, he was he was one of the um, early pioneers of Christian music, uh, kind of kind of more on the alternative, you know, punk side. I was a huge fan of his. Um, <laughs> we got to be friends over the years because 
we reached out to him when we were doing our Jonah movie, you know, to write a song for the Jonah movie. And he was producing Newsboys at the time. So he wrote In the Belly of the Whale, which played, you know, in the credits and in, in Jonah. And, um, you know, just in Newsboys did it. it was fantastic. And I've since become friends with those guys as well. So and then we called him back when we did our next film, The Pirates Don't Do Anything. And he wrote a song for that as well. So I'd gotten to know him and I just, you know, had coffee with him afterwards. And he said, hey, Mike, have you... Uh, ever thought about or been interested in teaching. He had helped to start a film school at Lipscomb University uh, here in Nashville. And uh, at that time, the school was maybe five years old. They were growing, doing a lot of, you know, uh, great, great work. And I thought, wow, I think that would be really, I think that would be great. You know, my educational background is in the sciences. It's not in the arts. You know, I've done this. I don't know how to teach it. And he said, well, look, why don't you... Um, you know, join us as uh, artists in residence. And they had a, a master's of fine arts program there, which is the terminal degree in the arts and, uh, you know, get your MFA. And so, uh, so I said, that sounds fun. You know, it's after, after only working on VeggieTales over all these years, there were so many different things I could say yes to. And like getting an MFA sounded hard, but, but, but fun. I felt like, you know, if I could get more training in this area, that would be awesome. And so I said, yes, and I can continue that story when we come back. Sounds good. Faith, kindness, and horse adventures with valuable life lessons. From best-selling author Dandy Daly Mackle comes the next book in the Winnie, the Early Years series. Catch up with Winnie in Homesick Horse, the fourth book in the series. Meet Buck, a barn sour horse whose anxiety has him running from home the first chance he gets. All the while, Winnie is anxious about leaving home for her friend's sleepover. Can Winnie help Buck get over his anxiety and learn how to deal with her own? Give the horse lover in your life a story they won't be able to put down. Find your copy wherever books are sold. Wiggly piglets, a yawning filly, little lambs, and a colt who's sleepy. See how the animals in the barnyard get ready for bed in Bedtime in the Barnyard. The first in the Barnyard Blessing series by Dandy Daly Mackle. Perfect for a bedtime read aloud, Bedtime in the Barnyard teaches children how barnyard animals ready their babies for bed and will create a sweet time of connection with the baby in your life before saying goodnight. Grab your copy wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Today we are speaking with our co-host Mike about his animated series, The Dead Sea Squirrels. Yes. So uh, before we went to break, I was talking about this opportunity to, to, you know, come on board at Lipscomb University and get my MFA, Master of Fine Arts in Film. You know, I'd spent my career in animation, but this was a live action, you know, kind of a, a film program. And the school also had an animation department, but, you know, the, the MFA was in film. And so I thought there's a lot of great stuff I can learn. So, so I spent the next, you know, two years, it was a, it was a two and a half year program, but I, I, you know, because of my work experience, you know, was able to, you know, not have to take a couple of classes, but it was full on full time during the school year and summer for two solid years going back to school, uh, you know, at, at 50 years old. And so, you know, it was it was a lot of work because I was also, you know, doing writing the books and doing other kind of projects. But, you know, soldiered through that and graduated in 2019 
and then came on board as a full-time professor at, at Lipscomb teaching, you know, so I, I spend part, a lot of my classes I teach across the film and animation departments. So I'm not a, you know, I don't teach like drawing and animation, but I teach story and, you know, and, okay. and a voiceover and that kind of thing. So yeah, just got started as a, a you know, full-time professor. Well, our school is very entrepreneurial as well. And so we decided to, and, and Steve approached me about this, it's like, what would it look like to to create a, the series, the Dead Sea Squirrel series out of the school? So we were able to raise some money. Some friends of Steve's came, came along with uh, some seed money for a pilot based off book one. And so I, during grad school, I had done all the adaptations for the first three or four books to screenplays. And so I was, you know, and I had done the, I had, I had used grad school as a way to build up the, you know, the pitch deck and the, the, you know, what's called the Bible for, for an animated series based on the squirrel. So I'd, I'd done a lot of that legwork as part of my grad school curriculum. And so so yeah, we were ready to go. So we did the, we, we, you know, the script was done. So we recorded that, we cast it, we recorded it, you know, worked uh, with some folks internally to, to, you know, get the pre-production done and then partnered with a New Zealand animation studio to do the bulk of the 22 minute episode, but then set aside two minutes, which for two or three minutes, which was a song segment for the animation students to animate. Um, yes. And so, and gave them a really great opportunity to do that. And so kind of set up this model where we could actually incorporate using students working alongside a professional animation studio to train them, give them experience and just, you know, got a lot of people excited about it. And then the pilot went really well. And we were then able to use that to raise money for 12 more episodes, you know, for a 13 episode series. And so, which, you know, we've been animating on that now for a couple of years, the students alongside of us, alongside the New Zealand animation studio, we will be completely wrapped on production, you know, by November of this year. So really, wow. really excited uh, to, to, to finish that and to get it out there into the world. I bet so. So that covers all through 12 books or that covers through six or how, does it match up exactly with the books or? Yeah. So everything episodes line up exactly with the books until we get to book 12 and we book or to actually book 11 and 12. So we spread book 11 and 12 over episodes 11, 12 and 13. So because it gets a little bit bigger at that at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's 12 books that represent, you know, 13 animated episodes. OK, great. So. You finish you finish all that in November. So when can folks expect to see it? Yeah, so we're hoping. Or how are you gonna? Yeah, yeah. So our that? distribution deal is 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 in the works. Uh, we've got we've got something going, and I'm you know I'll I, I can't wait till I can make the big formal announcement. But but we're targeting uh, sometime in 2024 uh, to have have the squirrels squirrels out there. And I've had the opportunity to be at a couple of conferences, you know, to sort of preview uh, preview some of the episodes. I was at a big uh, uh, homeschool convention in Florida this last summer and we showed the first two episodes to about 1500 folks and they loved it. Oh, and fun. I'm at, I'm going to a, a children's pastors conference here in Nashville next month to, to show a couple episodes as well. And so we're getting really, really wonderful feedback uh, 
about the animation. It looks great. It's funny. The, this it, Every episode incorporates music. So Kurt Heineke, who I worked with for years, and VeggieTales is, is doing music for us. And we've got a lot of other talented folks who've, you know, come alongside of us. And, you know, uh, and, and, and Steve being in the music industry and me being here for a long time, we've been able to partner with a lot of different folks to come in. Matthew West, you know, is our singing Jesus in this in the in the episodes. And we've been working with uh, Michael Tate from the Newsboys and Ellie Holcomb. And, you know, so just some really wonderful music that we've incorporated into these stories is a really fun, uh, really, really fun series. So fun. Well, I cannot wait to see it. It'll be really, really fun and exciting, especially kind of through these last, you know, I guess the last year of doing the podcast, hearing little spurts here and there of where you guys are and production and writing and all the things. So it'll be super fun when that comes out in 2024 is what you're your yes. Right. Yes. Pray. Pray for that. We'll have a. We'll have a. We'll have a completed show. We just need to get it out into the in, into the wild, as they say. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with us on this side of the microphone, Mike. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners the best place to connect with you and your work? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm on um, uh, MikeNaraki.com is my website. And then also, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Mike Naraki author, just search for me there. I'm, 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 uh, you know, I, I occasionally post there as well. So one of the things I'm looking forward to doing once we get our distribution deal is giving folks much better updates through those channels. We've, we've just been hunkered down and producing creative um, mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in creative mode. So yeah, we're we're we'll be in telebotic mode uh pretty soon. So uh but yeah, you can find out more information there. And then we've got a dead uh website as well. You can sign up for uh for newsletter to 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 stay informed on that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. I mean, Sarah, it's so much fun talking to you about this. And you know, I appreciate the the questions and the interest and all of that. And it's just is it's fun to to interview folks with you and be interviewed by you. Yes. So that was great. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> sure. Well, listeners, be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at the Bible for Kids. The Bible for Kids is now a 501c3 nonprofit. And we'd love to have you join us in our mission of reaching kids with the message of the Bible. Our new store features pay what you can pricing on many items with more coming soon. Visit thebibleforkids.com to donate or learn more today. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Sarah Humphrey and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram, Facebook, and at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network. Find out more at christianparenting.org. Our show is also available on waynation.com. Christian Parenting.